they're debating whether this chick on TV's got puffies or not. Alrighty. We've decided she does. Well, you know, that crappy public domain music can mean only one thing. Oh, well, what's that, Sam? Time once again for history if you're high. <sighs> Which exasperates Doc. <laughs> oh, I got a gig Did you just tell me to eat you? Did you just say eat me? Okay. He's <laughs> angry. I'm sorry. Doc's Don't get me started. Doc's mad. We have to make him wait about 10 minutes. Here. All right. Oh, I got some anger issues here. I've been out of work for a little while because I had some, you know, medical things done to me, and uh, doctor told me not to go to work because I'm all fucked up. I don't know if I'm really, if you would actually call this fucked up, okay? I have two bulging discs, one herniated disc. My left side is full of bone spurs. I've had ganglion cyst that's pressing up against the sciatic nerve. And the center of my spine is completely closed, therefore making my right leg shrink to the point to where if they don't do this, I'll lose a leg. Still thinking of being Peggy there, Doc. Still thinking of it. <laughs> Yar. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I get a letter saying, hey, dude, you got to come back to work. All right, I was planning on going back to work. My doctor's going to let me go to work next week. So I had them. Send, you have to uh, have it like a return to work medical documentation thing to go back to work, and you have to like fax it off to North Carolina, you know, because it's illegal for your boss to have your medical records, right? So last time this happened, I went to work, and he said they didn't get the paper yet in New Orleans it's still in North Carolina until they get it in New Orleans he can't let me work right until he sees it from New Orleans right that they got it yeah so he kept sending me home like a couple of days and then uh, I came in he says still not here he says here's what you do you get an email from your doctor saying that he sent the form in and the date he sent it and that you you can come back to work. My doctor actually saying I can come back to work, right? So I brought the email, hey, bang, bang, ding, 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 ding. And then like three weeks later, he finally find, gets, the, gets the heads up from New Orleans, right? Jesus. That's what it's like working for the government. So uh, when I was going back today, I had an email from the doctor saying he sent it, right? I had all my paperwork and everything. And uh, so I walk in. See, my boss isn't there yet. I go in like four hours before my boss. So the other the uh, other supervisor was there. She's like, oh, you're here. Wait, wait. I said, I know, I know, hang on. And I pulled out my phone, showed her the email, and she goes, ah, there you go. That's all I need. Hop on in, right? Get on the clock, hop on in. Then my boss comes in 
like about 4.30. And about 5 o'clock, he comes get me, pulls me into the office. And he's saying, well, what you got? And I gave him a big stack of paperwork and a big huge envelope, <laughs> you know, saying, Here, here's the, uh, here's all the crap, here's, you know, there's my documentation from, you know, it doesn't tell them exactly my medical condition, but it's the documentations by, I was at this doctor this day, this doctor did a procedure on me, this doctor did a procedure on me, I was in the office doing this, doctor told me not to go to work because, I don't know, apparently having all that shit wrong with your back is a mess, right? <laughs> Who knew? And I know you guys see me walking around happy as as a lark every goddamn day, right? Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I said lark, Doc. So happy. Yeah. <laughs> so happy. <laughs> doc sarcastic. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I sh I, given that, I whip out the phone. Bing, bang, boom. There's from my doctor. He goes, hang on. Let me call New Orleans. And why are you going to call New Orleans? He said, let me call New Orleans, see if they actually faxed it. I said, it doesn't get faxed to New Orleans. It get faxed to North Carolina. You'd have to call North Carolina. He goes, no, I'm going to call New Orleans. I said, well, it's probably not New Orleans yet. Just got faxed like 5 o'clock or so yesterday to North Carolina. This could take them another month to get around to North it. Carolina got to go through it, black out all the shit that they're not allowed to see, right? Yeah. And then they send it to them, to, to New Orleans, and then New Orleans sends him the okay. Like I said, last time he took like three weeks. And I said, this is exactly what you told me to do last time. Here it is, you know. And he calls New Orleans. He says, I'll get a call back from, you know, go ahead and go out there and you know, do your shit. Okay. And I'm like, it can't be in New Orleans, right? It doesn't go to New Orleans. It goes to North Carolina. I, I, I tried to explain that to him, but, you know. And he comes up to me like uh, 7.45. All right. At 8.10, I go on my last break and I clock out at 8.30. 7.45 comes up to me says, it's not New Orleans, man. That's what you said, though. I said, of course it's not. I did exactly what you told me to do last time. I did exactly what you told me to do. And that was only like in February. Remember, I, I had that uh, all that shit done in February. You know, that was... Uh, the tap. and Yeah. And I was like, dude, you know? And he's like, no, here's what you got to do. You're going to have to have your doctor fax me the form, and I want it in my hand. Have, it, have them send it to you, print it out, and when you get here, give it to Lisa, who is the supervisor when I get there. You give it to her, she's going to give it to me. I need that document in my hand. And I went, that's, uh, that's illegal? because you can't demand to see my medical stuff. That's why it goes to North Carolina. 
I think I know which boss you're talking about. Oh, yeah, you do. You do. <laughs> I said, that's why it goes to North Carolina, and they black out all that shit. And you just get the doctor's notes saying that, yeah, he can go to work and do this and do this and do this. What right? you can and can't do, yeah. He says, no, either in my hand or you're not working. Okay, your funeral. <laughs> I said, he's yeah bring it to me monday and i said you do realize i come to work at noon i'm gonna have a brain surgeon yes my my back doctor is actually like the prominent brain surgeon in, in in the country he owns a hospital he owns a fucking hospital that's where i had my last surgery and it is beautiful there's all kind of African art and artifacts and stuff. I saw the commercial. It is gorgeous in there. My room was like a suite in the Hilton. All right? The food, gourmet fucking cooking. You know? I wanted to stay another day. They wouldn't let me. <laughs> because my, my actual stay in the hospital gets paid 100% by my insurance, right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> Keep me another day. This yeah, fucking you, food's good. You can build my insurance again. I'll I don't mind. Cook, you'll bring me some beer. Shit, will be fine. But, uh, yeah, so uh, I said, you do realize, like, Monday, I can't get in touch with a doctor. Have him, you know, email me an image of a medical form that he filled out for me so I can print it out and be to work at noon I have to leave I leave like between 9.30 and 10 to get to work I work my my job is 73 miles from my house right and some of that's in Baton Rouge traffic oh, you know, that's good stuff huh doc oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> so uh, oh, a lot of fun and I'm like that's you know it's illegal especially right? rush hour so he so uh, I'm gonna see what I'm gonna do about that. I'm gonna bring it to him because I wanted to actually. I, I have a direct order. If I don't do it, yeah, and then he, you can get him fired. <laughs> no, if I don't do it, he can fire me. Right, and if you do it, order. you can have him fired. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. And maybe get a little cash on top because he's the one. He demanded it. I want it in my hand, and I'm like, well, that's that's illegal. Your, your boss can't demand to see your medical shit. Is there a recording somewhere of him saying this? Oh, I didn't turn it on. <laughs> I didn't turn it on. But uh, and there was somebody else there, and he told it to the supervisor. So you do have witnesses. That I have, I'm going to have to give it to another supervisor to give it to him, so he's already talked about it with her. Okay, so you have a witness. Yeah, there was somebody at the machine with me, yeah. And he's the he's the son of a retired guy that was my best friend over there. Is that why he doesn't like you? Because you're his dad's friend? No, no, the guy that was with me. Oh, okay. Not not the boss. No, the guy that was with me is the son of my best friend okay. over there. So he's got your fucking but back. His dad's retired now. Right. And he just started working there. Yeah. Oh, is that the one that's really smart you're telling me about? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, don't worry, kid. You're going 
He's, he's just there to make some money while he goes through school. Uh, they're they're they're, des- they're desperately trying to get him into management, but he won't do it. He's got his mom and dad both work there, and they're like, dude, 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 <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> so what's pissing you off, Doc? Uh, just the fucking fact. It's same doctor stuff. And oh, you goddamn same. Same doctor stuff. Oh, Jesus Christ. It, the that, one I enjoyed most was uh, the doctor was sitting there going, uh, oh, let's see, you've had this, and you've had this done, and instead of saying, oh, shit, it was like, oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, that always makes so, you feel so, good, so, doesn't he, it? He goes, you've been through hell, haven't you? No shit. Just another day at San Diego, man. Just another day in San Diego. He didn't understand that one. But, yeah, he's not but, a Marine. But, yeah. So, yeah, uh, just just crap going back and forth between doctors. And, you know. Yeah, that's, that's such a I was awesome supposed man. to go in and get an MRI, but uh, so, you know, I tell these people, hey, look, I've got... Uh, one doctor's appointment on the 22nd and you know not don't schedule me for anything on the 22nd because i got this doctor's appointment well guess what they do oh god damn it so and your doctors are like spread out all uh, over fucking louisiana right yeah just about yeah yeah good god so he's got to go to like eunice and crowley and and uh that's that's far away. All the worst places in Louisiana. Yeah. Oh, oh, and they're lovely towns. <laughs> Look them up. Well, well, I mean, there's some not Opelousas. At least I don't have to go to Opelousas. Oh, Opelousas, that is a shithole, man. Old piece of loose yeah. ass. The only thing there, it, you got to dodge bullets in Opelousas. Yeah, but but if you can dodge them and you get to that King's Fried Chicken, motherfucking <laughs> kick ass fried chicken, man. Some of the best in Louisiana. There. The more lost you are in Louisiana, the better the food gets. Yeah. <laughs> I used to pass in front of that, like, uh, if there's a wreck on I-10, I have to take the old, like, 190 route, which is, like, 90-some-odd miles. And since it's a two-lane, like, a 35-mile-an-hour limit, it's a sweet drive. And when you pass through Opelousas, you pass through the front of Opelousas. You don't go into Opelousas. You pass through the front where all the businesses are, down that one stretch, right? Right. And King's Chicken is there, and it's always fucking full. And one day I'm like, fuck, what is it? 10.30, that place is packed. You know what, let me get me some lunch there, right? I stopped in, waited in line. I got me like a three-piece and some red beans, you know, biscuit. The normal shit you would get like at Popeye's. Yeah. Uh, I wish I had some spare pants because I came all over the place that shit is so good shit is so fucking good all right so anyway uh I go to the uh the doctor's point that I had on the 22nd uh he dicks around and dicks around it should be you know like an hour and, and for me to go in uh uh, in and out, and I, you know, they've already done three 
blood hey. test on me or two blood tests on me earlier. Hang on a second, though. This month. So hang on, hang on, hang on. I have to take a blood test. Guess what? Got to take a blood test. Okay, hang on a so second. Hang on a another second. Another blood test ordered. It's done. Got away. It's turning into a robot. Yeah. Hey, Doc. Hang on a second. Uh, what do you submit? Now I see the doctor. Can you hear us? And doc? he takes this fucking glory suite. Who's there? He can't hear us. Doc, can you hear me? So, Doc, do you hear me? Uh, doc, after all that sitting down, like, uh, <laughs> then he's probably got eBay. Doc, can you hear me? Doc. Oh, we've and, lost connection. You know, i got to yeah, be there yeah. at a certain time. And Doc! Can you hear me? And, uh, he can't they're hear all us. worried. Oh, he's gone. You there? Oh, there Doc, he can you hear us? No, you're not there. Yes, I'm here. He can't hear us at all. Hang on. You know what? That goddamn... I hang up on him. Here. Give him a call Ooh. back. Let him call us. You there? Yes. Okay, that whole, after halfway through, you became a robot, and I'm yelling, Doc, Doc, stop, let it catch up. What are you running? Are you on eBay or something? No, I've got the two things set up so I can do the story. Okay. We got a bad connection here. This one sounds a little better. So what's your story this week, Doc? Uh, let's do, you know, I was going to teach the youngster about uh, Patty Hearst. Oh, okay. I think uh, that was yeah. mentioned last week, right? Yeah, but I don't think it was mentioned on there. Uh, oh, yeah, we had like a whole 30 minute. Yeah, once it was over, we just <laughs> History sat here. discussion. We just sat here and talked, yeah. <laughs> All right, Doc, what about Patty Hearst? Okay, first off, we got to go through the uh, Hearst family history and why she's oh, so fucking famous. A lot better, yeah. And uh, the uh, uh, references are Citizen Hearst. Oh, that, yeah, that's... From uh, uh, W.A. Swinburg. Yeah, great book. The Hearst, of the, uh, Hearst, the American Dynasty by Julius Robertson uh, and by Mark Barnhart, The Selling of Sex, Sleaze, Scuttlebutt, and Other Shocking <laughs> Sensations, yeah. The Evolution of New Journalism in San Francisco from... 1887-1900. Now, the Hearst family start came from uh, Ireland as immigrants right. and first started in land speculation. They had uh, started just selling land and made enough money. They invested into some gold mining and some silver mining and made more money. And then <clears throat> uh, one of the Hearsts um, got decided uh, 
that he wanted to get into the occupation of publications. Right. So uh, he got the San Francisco Examiner from a, a bet, a debt from a bet. That uh, that's how he got the uh, newspaper. Right, and at that time, the San Francisco Examiner, which is still in publication today, right? Yeah, it was uh, in 1887 that right. he got management of it. It was nothing then. No. It was just this tiny little local thing, you know. And he started running stories of uh, sensationalism and... Uh, scandal and uh, society page and if you ever saw the, them, if you ever saw the movie Citizen Kane, that's it's based it was, yes. it's based on this guy. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And uh, they were calling them penny papers because he was selling for a penny a piece. I've heard of that movie. And the then he branched made. off and Tell got uh, uh, some papers in New York. Right. And uh, 16 other major, major dailies. And uh, then he started showing a strong focus on uh, political and de uh, democratic parties. And uh, so that's how he began his empire into the publications. That's right. At one time, and he was the most powerful man in the world. Yeah, well... Simply by running newspapers. He could make and break presidents, kings. So kind of like Facebook and Twitter now? At one time, he owned the press. Yeah, he he <laughs> controlled all, uh, all kinds of, of uh, opinions. Yeah. He, he, could, he could move... People's thinking from one way to the other. He had uh, all the best of uh, the uh, writers that he could get his hands off, including a uh, including Mark Twain. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody who want you know to be in one of his papers, you know, it was going to go worldwide. It was it's going to be something. He started the Spanish American War. Yeah. So he, he started. Was, yeah. <laughs> He's like Google, Facebook, and Twitter all combined. Yeah. See, at that time, there was uh, a little radio, barely any radio, but there was a little radio. The newspapers was your only source of information, and he controlled all the information. So whatever his ideas were put into uh, writing... Yeah. They became the ideas and the uh, opinions of America. Yeah, that's true. So his family grew and grew and grew, and finally uh, William Randolph Hearst came into the uh, end of the world, <clears throat> and he had his little family, and one of his families was none other than poor little Patricia... Let's see. She, she was the granddaughter, right? Patricia Campbell Hurst. Yeah, the Campbell uh, family also money. <laughs> so yeah. wife money, hubby money. And she was the granddaughter, right? Yeah, she's a granddaughter of William Randolph Hurst. And uh the references from that were called uh 
Let's see if I can find them right. Uh, the American Harris, The Wild Sag and Kidnapping Crimes and Trial of Patty Harris by Jeffrey Tube, uh, Tubin. <laughs> no, no, you got it right. You got it right. That's him. That's there, it. there was a Tubin and, in the news uh, recently. Patty's got a gun. Patty Hearst in 1970 America. <laughs> uh, by uh, uh, Grabner, William, William Grabner. Yeah, you think you normally do that to go to jail. <laughs> and then, uh, of course, if you really want to go into heavy references, you can hit every newspaper from the New York Times. Yeah to the San Francisco Chronicle, to, uh, um, you name it, it's there. I mean, there are every article in there from the Washington Morning Star, the Chicago Tribune, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, the Sarasota Herald Tribune, you Patty, name it. Patty Hearst was the biggest news story in the you know, in the United States at that time, it was huge. By this time, you know, there was television and all this, and yeah. it was the 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 it was the early seventies, Doc, or the late sixties. Um. Well, all the the kidnapping happened in seventy four. Okay. Yeah. And so, it was all, it was wall to wall coverage, Patty Hearst. And um, let's see, Patty was born. Let's see, damn it. <laughs> uh, February 20th, 1954. So she's uh, 65 now. Yeah. Okay. That's, uh, that's Bud wrecking, my, wrecking my mic on. Yeah. Stop that, bud. Stop it. <laughs> uh, she was just a college student yeah. and was uh, at uh, Crystal Springs School for Girls and the Santa Clara School in Monterey and then later went to Berserkly, uh, Berkeley. <laughs> yeah, I, I see what you did there. <laughs> I saw that. That wasn't a slip. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> I'm going to use a... I think I will, too. <laughs> she got kidnapped on February 4th, 1974 by the 70s Liberation Army. The 70s Liberation Army was uh, a loose coalition of different people who got their name from symbiosis, which means, you know, the joining of... Symbiosis, yeah. Yes, yeah, uh, the joining of different life forms to make a one life form. Yeah. And uh, she was held for uh, quite a while. And uh, held in weeks in the closet, blindfolded with her hands tied. And... uh, yeah, they had a little rape thing going on with her and all that. Was yeah, the, the founder and leader, Donald DeFreeze, repeatedly threatened her to death and would let her out for meals and, and blindfolded and began to join in political discussions. She was given a flashlight to read the SLA uh, political tactics to memorize. Hers was confined in the closet for weeks. DeFreeze told her about the war council and decided in taking and killing more 
slaying of of, uh, of people. Yeah, just and what they wanted was uh, uh, to free two SLA members who had been arrested in the Marcus yeah. Foster killing. Right. Yeah, these two um, guys were in jail for uh, fucking murder, and they wanted to trade out. Patty yeah. Lynn. And they ba- they did the most basic form of brainwashing there is. You know? Munchausen? You just, no, yeah. you lock them in a dark place, and repeatedly all she hears is their jargon, their jargon, their jargon. Then you go in, you bang her a few times, right? I don't mean hit her. I mean you fucking bang her a few times, right? Because she was cute. She was a pretty girl. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, they all take turns, you know, on her. Well, the SLA demanded the captive's family to distribute $70 worth of food for every nitty Californian in... in uh, uh, and that operation would cost nearly four hundred million. Her family took out a loan for two million worth of food and gave it right. to the Bay Area. But uh, she was like being held. It didn't say uh, later on that she wasn't banged by everybody. But uh, she was. She claimed rape by William Defro. And uh, no, William Willie Wolf, and later by DeFreeze. Oh, there's only two of them that banged her. Okay, uh, I, yeah. I thought they all took turns. I guess the other guys were busy. Uh, and there was a lot of women there too with them. Yeah, um, I'll give you a name when I get down to the bottom of okay. here. Okay, well, I didn't mean to. Uh, of the whole list. I didn't mean to jump forward. Go ahead. Um. And April 15th, Hearst was uh, recorded on a surveillance video holding M1 carbine when they robbed the Sunset Branch of the Hibernia Bank. That's right. Uh, and uh, she was identified under the pseudonym of Tanya. Yeah, she's right there. There's a security camera photo in every newspaper of Patty Hearst. Where the fuck? That's a semi-automatic or a fully automatic, Doctor M1. Well. It's kind of hard to tell. It does like the three-shot uh, thing, tat 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 yeah. right? It's a, well, it, it, it's an M1. Uh, M1, if it's a military version, it can do full. If it's a civilian, no. No, uh, but see, here's the thing. Oh, this was before. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. I think, I think they were set up to where you could go single, or if you held it, it, it did like three shots, like tat 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 something yeah. like that well in that picture that they show they do not show that uh, one of the other girls uh, was holding a gun on her yeah right from a distance from a distance but the, the, yeah but there but was all they showed was the, ah. the 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 stipulation that she was there she was holding the gun right but and uh, witnesses actually said there was a girl in back like close to the door with a gun on her Mm. Right? Wasn't there like witness statements saying that? Making her do it. But in the picture, she's just pointing this fucking gun at the tellers and shit in a bank robbery. And it's clear as day, Doc, right? That's like yeah. the clearest surveillance picture I ever seen. You can tell what kind of underwear she's wearing under them pants. <laughs> just <None>. about. <laughs> yeah. so On nice. May 16th, 
at Mel Sporting Goods in Eaglewood, California, uh, a minor theft by William Harris, who was another member of the SLA, and his wife, Emily, uh, while Hearst waiting a road uh, across the road in a van, the manager of the employee followed Harris out and confronted him. There was a scuffle, and the manager restrained Harris with when a pistol fell out of Harris's waistband. Hearst discharged an entire magazine from an automatic carbine <coughs> into the overhead storefront, causing the manager to die behind a lamppost. And uh, as he tried to shoot back, Harris began, I mean, Hearst began shooting closer. Yep. Uh, Hearst and Harris couple hijacked two cars, abducted the owners. One was a young woman who found herself presentable that she was reluctant to report the incident and testified in the trial to her discussing the effectiveness of cyanide tip bullets reported asking if right. it was okay I forgot about all that <coughs> yeah. Yeah, the police surrounded the bullets. main base of the SLA before the three returned so they hid elsewhere six LS members inside the hideout died in a gunfight with the police resulting fire the police started firing uh tear gas through the windows mm -hmm. and since this uh, house was a early ranch style house oh yeah it had it, wooden floors it went all waco and yeah <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what happened yeah they they crawled underneath the house there was a crawl space underneath the house, and uh, that's where they found the uh, the last two members uh, of the fugitives. And they thought that Hearst had died in fire, and a warrant was issued for Hearst's arrest on several felonies, including kidnapping. Emily Harris went to Berkeley Rally to commemorate the death of Angela Atwood and the other founding members of the SLA who had died during the police siege. Harris recognized Atwood's acquaintance with Cassie Solos among the radicals whom she had known had been in the civil rights group. And um, they agreed to provide money to help Hearst make improvised explosive devices. There were two unsuc unsuccessful attempts to kill police officers during August 1975 when one of the devices failed to detonate. Marked money was found in the apartment, and then she was arrested and linked to Hertz in the SLA robbery of the uh, Crocker National Bank. Um, she was the getaway car driver for that robbery. Um... Uh, Hearst was potentially at risk of uh, for felony charges of murder and could testify a witness against Harris at a capital offense. Uh, on September 18, 1975, Hearst was arrested in San Francisco apartment with Wendy Yoshihira Mira. Yeah. Her. Yeah. Wendy Yoshimira, an SLA member and uh, San Francisco Police Timothy F. Casey and his partner, Police Chief R.L. <coughs> Pasco and FBI Special Agent Thomas Patterson and his partner and FBI agents 
uh, Dole, Monte, okay. Vermont, Brinson, and Carlos, while being booked into jail, her solicitor occupation as urban gorilla. Okay, there's something I just can't get over right here. Did you? Was there a guy named like Puskill with <laughs> pus in it that you just said? Passerero. P-A-S-E-R-O. Okay. It sounded better the first time. Didn't he say like Puscarillo? I was like... Uh, I was trying to read through it real fast. That sounds like something you got to go to a doctor and get lanced. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> hey, that's a Puscarillo right there. <laughs> Let me lance it. Right? Get the penicillin. She attorney to relay the following message. Tell everybody that I'm smiling. I feel free. And strong, and I'm sending my greetings and love to all the brothers and sisters out there. <clears throat> At the time of the arrest, Hearst weighed 87 pounds. Oh my god! She had god. been described by Dr. Margaret Singer as having a low IQ and uh, low effect zombie-like. Yeah, she's fucking clearly brainwashed, and. F- you know she's not of her own free will if she's 87 goddamn pounds. Yeah. That's, well, that's, uh, that's Then horrific, it goes into man. a bunch of the psychiatrists who said that uh, they were appointed by the court in the capacity as brainwashing experts she to work puppies. out a fee after the trial so they wrote newspaper articles. It's the same chick. Um... Asking President yeah. Carter to release Hearst from prison. Yep. Hearst wrote in her memoirs, I spent 15 hours going over the SLA experiences with Robert J. Lifton of Yale University and uh, corrective persuasions and thought reform. Uh, he pronounced me as a classic case of the psychological criteria of a coerced prisoner of war, otherwise known as the Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. yeah. Where you start feeling, have feelings and, and sympathizing for your captors. Yeah, and that's a real thing. They, they just, uh, a movie came out, well, I bet nobody saw it because it kind of came out during the middle of the COVID shit or right before, called Stockholm. And it's about the actual fir- the first case of that when in Stockholm these guys were robbing a bank, right? Yeah. And there's a big standoff and after like a few days a week or so the, the <coughs> fucking captives were shielding you know, w- willingly shielding the guys and you know, they were, they were they were part of it now. They said, no, we're going to get you out of here, you know. So they had some kind of political motivation for robbing the bank? No, they were just robbing a bank. Oh. But they were all stuck there so long, and these guys were just terrified, right? If they went outside, they're getting shot. So they're doing everything they can to make this whole fucking thing not happen, right? Just to keep it a siege, right? Because they kept sending them food and stuff. And after a while, all the captives were on the side 
of the robbers, not the police. It's like a real fucking thing. It, un, you're under that much goddamn stress and fear and pressure at one time. Your mind can yeah, do weird shit. Yeah, if you're threatened with your life every every thirty seconds, you, you know, yeah, yeah, you'll either you either you listen to what I have to say or I'll kill you. This is the way it is, or I'll kill you. You know. Then after a while, you know, it's like, yeah, okay, sure, you know, and, and then he didn't kill me. He he could have. Oh, he must he like didn't. me. <laughs> it, that's kind of it, man. But her first lawyer was Terrence Hillenan. And he advised Hearst not to talk to anybody, including psychiatrists, and he advocated the defense of involuntary intoxication that the SLA had given her drugs that had affected her judgment and recollection. Okay, I read... He was later replaced by none other than attorney F. F. Lee Bailey. Bailey. Yeah, the man. The man, yeah. He was... The lawyer at the time. Yeah, 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 he was. He was like the lawyer for the... At the time, he was the, the star lawyer. Buffed like Strangler. The, they had the star lawyer for O.J. Simpson. Yeah, he he had the Boston Strangler. I kind of shot him up. And, yeah, yeah. The most famous lawyer there was at the time. That's absolutely right. And then there was the trial, and there was so much that went on during the trial where first she was saying that, yes, she was a member of the SLA, then later saying, no, I was brainwashed. Um, uh, Clearly still fucked up, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, The doctor said that she was a a rebel in search of a cause, and her petition, her participation in robbery had been an act of free will while uh, the defense attorneys had said if you'll notice in the films that she had always had somebody was pointing a gun at her yeah in other words if she had done something wrong they would have made you know that's right they would have killed her yeah so uh, they found her guilty. Hearst was convicted of bank robbery using a firearm during the con- commission of a felony. She was given the maximum sentence of prison of possible 35 years of imprisonment pending years. reduction in the final sentence hearing, which uh, Carter decided uh, declined to uh, specify. Yeah. Judge Carter died, and Judge William Hosley Oric Jr. determined that her sentence, he had given her seven years imprisonment, commenting that the rebellious youth, uh, young people who, for whatever reason, become revolutionaries and voluntarily commit criminal acts will be punished. Right. There was a shitload of that going on. Everybody had a cause, and it was all violent. Oh, yeah. There was bombings going on left and right everywhere. Yeah, I mean, you, everywhere. You can't name the number of uh, off-the-wall groups there was, like the, the weathermen. The, yeah. uh, oh, that and it's all going in at the same time. It was just fucking uh, insane, man. Yeah. Um, 
In prison life, Hurst suffered a collapsed lung in prison, began a series of medical problems, general one emergency surgery, and uh, was prevented her from uh, appearing and testifying against Harris on 11 charges of robbery, kidnapping, assault, law, la law. She was held in solitary confinement for, for security reasons when she was granted bail. And in an appeal hearing in 76, a condition in which she was protected on bond and her father had hired dozens of bodyguards. Uh, she wasn't given probation, but later on, they decided that, uh, you know, they better do something with her since Harris and them were in prison at the same time. Right. And after being convicted of charges, and somebody put a dead rat on her bunk. <laughs> That's a sign. So, uh, and lunch. They went ahead and uh, decided to. Uh, King Rat. Yeah. <laughs> you, heard, you heard Pierre say, and lunch. It just made me think of that book, King Rat. And, well, it's a movie, too, right? They made a movie of it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Check that out. <laughs> That'll fuck with your head. Oh, like I need more of that after that damn movie. <laughs> Representative Leo Ryan was collecting signatures on a petition for Hearst release several weeks before he was murdered while visiting the Johnstown Settlement in Guyana. Yeah, that's right. Actor John Wayne spoke after the uh, Johnstown cult death, pointing out that people had accepted that Jim Jones had brainwashed 900 individuals and mass suicide would would not accept that the Siemens Liberation Army could have brainwashed a kid, a teenage girl. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. She was a teenager at the time. Yeah, yeah. President Jimmy Carter commuted her federal sentence to 22 months served, freeing her eight months before she was eligible for her first parole hearing. In 79, she was released under stringent conditions, and she remained on probation for the state sentence of the uh, sporting goods store plea. Right. Uh, she recovered her full civil rights when President Bill Clinton granted her a pardon on right. uh, January 20th, 2001, his last day in office. And then after that, she became a film star in John Waters' movies, right? She, yep, she did uh, Cry Baby. Yeah. Uh, Serial Mom, Pecker, A Dirty Shame. Yeah, she's in some John Waters movies. Hey, you love John Waters movies, right, Pierre? He's the guy who did Pink Flamingos. Well, I couldn't say. I've only seen the one. <laughs> and you don't even want to talk about that one, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it this way. The only thing I've seen worse is, like, people dying. <laughs> Keep it up. Uh, <laughs> she married. Oh, okay. Her, uh, one of the cops that was uh, protecting her. One of her bodyguards? As a bodyguard. She married him. She had children with the, with the guy. Um, he died in a 2000-something just whoever's standing outside of her room, yeah. apparently, right? <laughs> but uh, now she's into uh, showing dogs. 
Oh, and no, she's one of them, huh? Shih Tzu Rocket uh. won the toy group at the Western Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show at Madison Square Garden oh, that's, in that's the big 2015. One, that's the big one. And uh, a French Bulldog, Tuggy, won Best of Breed. <laughs> Tuggy. And uh, Ruby won Best of... Uh, best of show. She was trying to find where her husband was. And... Can you imagine announcing her at the dog show? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I saw I saw Crybaby, and I never, I never did see her, you know. Well, she looks different because she's like in her fucking 30s then. Um, she doesn't look like that same cute little teenage girl. She's in her 30s. Well, some was uh, that... Uh, seventeen-year-old. Uh, You're talking about the porn, porn star. star, okay, Tracy, Tracy Lawrence, yes. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> oh, who is that real ugly chick? <laughs> oh, she's in all the movies. Is that Mink yeah. Stole? Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, she's in like every one of his movies, right? Just about, yeah. I think it's Mink Stole. And there, no, there's there's yeah. another one. There's another one in, that's in all the movies. I can't think of it. All righty. So. Uh, um, all right. Yeah, she married Bernard Lee Shaw, who died in 2013. He was a policeman and part of her custody uh, security detail during the time on bail. Oh. She had two children, Gillian and Linda Hurst Shaw. And, and she's, you know, rich beyond balls. Oh, yeah, Because she's yeah. a hearse, man. Hey, dude, you can't understand the size of this fortune. <coughs> At one time, uh, the hearse fortune was bigger than the economy of the United States. But the hearse fortune is split up between all of the hearse right, right. families. When, when, when the big guy died, you know, well, no... When the big guy died, William Randolph took over, and he kind of had control of everything. But when he went, yeah, it, it went to like, like 13, 14, 15, 15 different people, and then they had to divide it. About, yeah, it got divided, but let's put it this way. Even divided like 100 times like it is, they're all very, very much millionaires. Uh, the Sibonese Liberation Army consisted of Donald DeFreeze, Angela Atwood, Patricia uh, Solsisik, Camelia Hall, Nancy Ling Perry, Joe Romero, Emily Harris, Willie Wolf, Zero Wheeler, Mary Ann CM, Bill Harris, in there, right? Russ Little, <laughs> Gary Atwood. Uh, <laughs> Linda Yaka, Yashoka. Yeah, yeah, she's the one who like owned the house and shit. Yeah, she the hideout house, the the safe house. Yeah, yeah. Kathleen Solis, uh James Kilgore, Michael Bolton. I uh, knew there was something wrong with that dude. I knew there was something wrong. Borton, yes, B O R T I N. Oh, different guy. No, different yeah. Guy. yeah. But it was Michael Bolton. Uh, there was only two victims, which was Marcus Foster and 
Wyma Opashia. Oh, I'm so glad you didn't say bean. Yeah. <laughs> Good God, that would have set me off. <laughs> anyway, that's the story of Patty Hearst. All right. So there you go, uh, youngsters. Pierre, yeah. All you right. didn't know about Patty Hearst? Well, there she is. I got uh, one that... Uh, if you look up Patty Hearst, you'll see the uh, infamous picture of her in the uh, in the bank, and then the yeah. one where and she's standing up clear, in front of the 70s Liberation it flag. It is the clearest, you know, uh, you know, security camera shot you've ever seen, and this is like 1974, 1975. Yeah, well, if they could have clear shots like that, right? But why do security camera pictures now look like just one blurred piece of shit? When this one, man, you could make out the freckles on her goddamn face. That's how clean it was. Oh, Oh no, that's the bank. Yeah, but that's a close up. There's one of her with like the bank floor and everything where she's actually pointing the gun at people. He's looking it up. You got it? There's another one. That's the one. That's the one? That's the one. That's a security camera, and she's far, far away. You can make out every detail on that girl, can't you? <laughs> oh. Is this the one you're thinking of? Ah, oh, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah. yeah she, there it is. All right. We're going to... uh. We're going to take a little commercial break here. Uh, Pierre's going to go grab me some beer. And my story, Doc, is a guy that you know. I know you know. But this might be shit about him you didn't know. And this is a guy that Pierre probably never even heard of. Oh, I forgot to meet you there, Pierre. Sorry. Uh, There you go. There it is. Uh, he's probably never heard of this guy and let me put it this way we would uh, give me two please we'd have never gone to the moon or space without this guy and he's a weird motherfucker and hey there's some satanic shit so it's good right it's all good oh yeah (laughs) you know what I'm talking about don't you I when I say the guy, you're going to know the guy. But there might be shit in here you don't know. So, let me... Well, that's it with a lot of things. I know some things, but I don't know everything about some things. Yeah, that's how we go through life. Half-ass yeah. knowing, right? That's us. We prove it weekly on podcast. All right, so let me pause this. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. Hey, what's going on with that? It's so low. I don't know. I haven't changed anything. Let me try that again. We're so professional. You ever think about making your own podcast? Well, now there's an easy way to make, monetize, distribute, and record your podcast all in one place. That place Hard to believe we've been podcasting since 2006, huh, Doc? You can record directly onto the site. They will distribute your podcast to Apple Podcasts, hey, when we, Spotify, or 
wherever podcasts can be heard, or you can direct it to your own choice of podcatchers. You can monetize your podcast with no minimum listener base. Anchor FM will match you with sponsors that particularly suit your podcast. Listeners can message you right on the site. And it's all free. That's right. Podcasts for free on Anchor FM. Face it. Free is a bargain at any price. Go to Anchor FM and start podcasting today. Yeah, there we go. When we finally figure out what we're going to do with this podcast, you know, when we get the the entire format down and stuff, then we'll worry about shit like that. <laughs> as for now, it just shows you exactly how stupid and as fuck we are. But we're making the effort. We're baby-stepping. We're baby-stepping. All right. One day we'll have a decent one. No, I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt. Oh, oh, there's this Big Lou. I felt the chair move when he jumped up. Oh, hey, Big Lou. What you doing? There you go. Lay in the back. Lay in the back. All right. Oh, no. Don't go on the keyboard, Lou. Here we go. They had pulled out cables from the fucking mixing board and all kind Multiple. of shit. We we were late getting to Doc, which pissed Doc off because I'm always the stickler. We start on time, right? Right. So I, I had to, to text Doc saying, Doc, yeah, it's me. I'm going to be late. Uh, <laughs> move, things are going slow. And, and Doc's like, I'll be waiting or something like that. <laughs> I, I got here and you're like, oh, shit, yeah, I have to do a podcast. <laughs> And what was I doing? I was like half bent over the counter, right? <laughs> All right. Here we go. Uh, this is episode 15, and my story is done blowed up. Done blowed up. Done blowed up. Take my glasses off. Do you mind, Lou, if I take my glasses? Oh, I got better put them in my pocket. He'll steal them. <laughs> You've actually witnessed that, right? I'll take mine, too. You lay your glasses down, and Lou will take your glasses. He'll, like, grab it by the arm and run away with them. It took me days to find it. I found, I found a pair, like, in in fucking hamper one time with the dirty clothes. Like I threw my glasses into the hamper, right? He wants to try them on and see how cool he looks. <laughs> <laughs> He's big enough. We should get him a decoy pair of sunglasses. Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> Some kitty sunglasses? Yeah. Uh, like like my glasses, the round ones, you know? Yeah. All right, here we go. Here's my sources of Vice, Wired UK, Wikiwan, All That's Interesting, and Astronautics. Yeah. Astronautics. That sounds better than Vice. Sam had to read the magazine for... Astro scientist. Yeah. You know how hard it is to make out the words in those magazines when you're fucking dumb as shit like me? That's a yeah. tough turf. Fuck, it was rough. That astro turf. <sighs> hey. Yeah, it's got more than eight letters. We're confused. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> All right, so Marvel Whiteside Parsons. He was born on October 2nd, 1914 at the Good Samaritan Hospital in Los Angeles. Since his dad liked horrors so much, he was gone by 1950. 
and that's true. I didn't detail it, but let's just say he liked whores. Okay. Uh, him and his kid met once. Luckily, mom and her family were rich as balls. And he grew up uh, waited on hand and foot by servants. Growing up alone and rich uh, with few friends, he spent much of his time reading. All righty. I did that and I was poor. (laughs) Definitely we weren't rich and I I had a few friends, but you give honestly as a kid you gave me the choice go out play with the friends or I got a new book Mm. I'm reading a new book man that was my beer I think we all love books here I'm sorry I'm sniffing I just got home from work and it's filthy where I work it's really dusty and I'm desperately trying not to sneeze so here we go yeah, he spent much of his time reading. He was into mythology and science fiction. Jules Verne, Amazing Stories, and Pulp Magazines. That was that was his shit. His rich little brain took great interest in rocketry. At school, he performed poorly and was bullied for being a little rich kid. And he was a bit, uh, effeminate. Uh. Oh, yeah. Uh, which did not help. He did have one friend. His friend's name was Edward Foreman. Uh, he was a poor kid who liked science fiction and was kind of impressed with all, you know, with the smart, rich kid. Even though the guy did shitty in school, he was smart. Smart as shit, but he I, did poorly in school. He was bored. You know? I can relate. Yeah, here, here. Uh, so, now known as Jack. He took the name Jack, right? So, uh, Marvel finally had a real friend. Uh, Edward kind of acted as his protection from, from bullies. It, w- it was not long before the two began on a quest for the stars. Yeah, I wrote that. (laughs) Yeah, I wrote all the rest of the shitty part, too. But yeah. I'm surprised you didn't go for the Galaxy Quest. Hey. You thought about it. Thought about it. But honestly, I think far too too few people have actually watched that movie. That is incredible. Tim Allen's best movie. (laughs) The only thing Tim Allen's done that's good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Arguments? Anyone? Anyone? No. <laughs> Thank you, Doc. All right. The two decided they were going to make rockets. In Jack's backyard, which was, you know, hundreds and hundreds of acres, right? Uh, and in uh, Ario Seco Canyon. Am I saying that right, Doc? It's in California, I believe. A-R-R-O-Y-O Arroyo S-E-C-O Arroyo Seco Canyon Yeah, it sounds about right Alright, the two began to try to make rockets using gunpowder That's always nice, right? <laughs> oh yeah 
okay they would uh they would buy up as many fireworks as they could and they would use them to make the rockets they they were blowing the shit out of everything leaving holes all over the place seems gunpowder is not stable who knew (laughs) right who knew uh jack began using glue as a binding and wrapping it in aluminum foil as casting and guess what he invented the fucking rocket (laughs) he made a rocket you know solid fuel rocket what year is this uh he was born in 1914 he's still a teenager okay okay so here we go uh the the depression hit okay this is right around the depression the depression fucked up everything uh and the family fortune went away he was sent to military uh, military academy where he sucked ass and was eventually asked to leave after blowing up some toilets <laughs> I guess he was trying to send them up in space I don't know he's got a hobby man uh, he was then sent to uh, a progressive school uh, with you know what's weird the AC turns on and you can feel the cool air coming in it's amazing in this room this room uh, we live in Louisiana this is We'll get to it. So, uh, yeah, he was sent to this progressive school with a, a, like different teaching methods, right? And all of a sudden, he was he was thriving, you know, because it was just like they figured out what he was good at, and they knew he was smart as shit. So, like, what do you want to do? And they kind of pushed that instead of forcing him into a regular format, right? So, uh, you know, Bud sees you're eating something wanted. It's, it's all gone. Okay. Oh, wait. He already the, got a bite. The wrapper's not. The wrapper's not gone. I'll take the wrapper. All right. He won awards uh, for literary excellence and became the editor of the newspaper. He became an ace in chemistry. He was such a whiz kid that he was hired at the Hercules Power Com- Powder Company while still in school. He was still friends with Foreman and they were still working on their rockets, you know, with shit he stole from work. <laughs> he was now working at like a gunpowder plant. <laughs> Just so he could work on rockets. Right. <laughs> uh, they kept building and testing, building and testing, and wouldn't you know it, Jack eventually built himself a solid fuel rocket engine. Go figure. Soon he and Foreman were friends. Uh, uh, okay, and correspondence. That's see, I didn't put the the comment there. And correspondence uh, with such people as. Willie Lay, Robert Goddard, Herman Oberth, and Warner Von Braun. If you don't know who those guys are, I recognize that last one. We got the atomic bomb from these guys, 
And we went into space with these guys, okay? Paper clips. Yeah, I know there, Robert right? Gardard is and uh, uh, Von Braun yeah. and one of the others, but one of them eludes me. But Yeah, uh, Willie Lay kind of, I don't know, but Herman yeah. Oberth and Robert Goddard and one of Von Braun, I've read about like in school. Yeah, the, you know? so they're in on paperclip at this point. And they're like, corresponding with these teenage kids dude you built a solid fuel rocket hey come on over let's talk right <laughs> it was kind of like that i guess they didn't have a lot of stump remover yeah they were the most prominent rocket scientists in the world right they like lived in different countries and shit they were the most prominent guys in the world and they were like calling up uh Sorry, Miss Parsons, is your son at home? <laughs> Mind if I talk to him? No, this is not Julie. This is one of them, You know? General so-and-so. <laughs> yeah, Robert Gard was uh, the first one that uh, fired, that launched rockets with uh, liquid fuel. That's right. That's right. All right. Uh uh, all right. Uh, yeah, all the the most prominent rocket scientists from around the world. Sorry, my my page went down. I can't blame it on the cats. The cats weren't here. But uh, all this is before graduating high school. Okay, he hadn't graduated high school yet. Uh, he tried college a couple of times, but uh, he couldn't afford tuition. Remember, his his family lost all their money in the depression. Uh, Jack Foreman went about uh, pestering every research scientist at every nearby university to let uh, let them develop, you know, rockets capable of going into space. But that wasn't a thing, you know, that sort of thing they, they thought wasn't even possible at the time, right? No, you'll hit the ceiling. Uh, <laughs> no, really, that's what they thought. No, 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 they thought, well, kind of. They thought it, everything would burn up going out of the atmosphere because uh, of the okay. heat. Because shit burned up coming just, in. Just like coming in. So that, okay, that makes it... Like when asteroids come in, they burn the fuck up. So yeah. they're thinking if you're going out, you'll burn the fuck up. You know, that's that's what they were thinking. They just didn't think it was possible. Uh, uh, they, were, they were turned away from every place they tried. Uh, Parsons tried again, saying he went to de- uh, wanted to develop a liquid propulsion system, a liquid-fueled rocket engine, and again, just shown the door. Finally, Caltech said, eh, okay. Uh, they could use the facilities, but they wouldn't be funded. Right? So uh, they named themselves uh, Galactic Rocket Research. Great band name. Yes. Gets all the chicks, I bet. <laughs> uh, they had full exe- access to the Guggenheim or, uh, Aeronautical Laboratory at Caltech. They were joined by PH, a PhD student named uh, Frank uh, Molina. They immediately started working on rockets writing a, uh, and writing a science fiction screenplay. Uh, drinking and they smoked a lot of weed <laughs> in the 30s 
Oh, they're ahead of the curve. No, it was the brainiacs in the 30s smoking the fucking weed, right? Them and the hip. Well, they didn't really have them and the jazz guys. Yeah, yeah, the black black people. Yeah, I guess any hardworking poor people kind of gravitate towards that, right? Right. So yeah, they're they're drinking, smoking, you know, doing a lot of weed. Hey. They're just out of high school. What else are you going to do, right? That's what I did. Yeah. Except I didn't, you know, make rockets. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't be here if you did. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for reminding me. As I'm amazed that my air conditioner actually cools the room. <laughs> uh, the research group grew. And uh, they started testing bigger and bigger things. And they became more prominent, right? The group developed a static rocket motor. And before long, Jack was one of the most prominent explosives experts in the world. He testified at trials. Uh, he was in the press and highly respected rocket scientists. Uh, and the cash finally started rolling in. He married uh, Helen uh, Northrup in 1934. She was a tad bit worried because Jack was, you know putting all his salary back into the company and they lived off the extra money he made producing nitroglycerin in their home <laughs> you know if you have kids no problem yeah nobody's gonna yeah hey you know what he ought to borrow my three cats while he makes that nitroglycerin, right? <laughs> that fucking house will be launched into space. Oh, oh, and you were impressed making moonshine in your kitchen. Look at this motherfucker. <laughs> hey, Doc and I built some guitars in that kitchen that kicked ass. Okay, that's true. Yeah. And guitars are better than rockets. You can make a song about <laughs> rockets. You can't make it a rocket about hey, guitars. I can't, because Elton John already did it. <laughs> Asshole. Yeah. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah, he was making nitroglycerin in their home. And uh, so that's how he's making extra money. In uh, January 1939, what are you doing? There's a roach on me. There's a roach on you. Yeah. I hit him. He ran under the chair. I just, he came up and sniffed my finger. Wait, here comes Miles. Miles. I had some meat stick on my finger and the roach came up asking for something. Miles, look, Miles is going behind your chair. Miles will get him. He went, this is crazy, man. There's always something attacking me in your living room. Well, I think it might be you. I am the center of the universe, that's true. That's true. So in 1939, Jack and Helen were uh, brought by friends to Hollywood to the Church of Thelma, or Thelema, Doc. There they watched the Gnostic Mass. The performance of a mass that uh, was done by the church's founder, Alistair Crowley. See how this takes a turn. Yeah, yeah. But see, you know who Jack Parsons was, right? Yeah, yeah. Here's where it takes the twist. He looked over there and he saw John Carradine. That's the father of all the Carradine kids. He's uh, the big, one of the biggest horror movie stars 
of all time. So, and at this time, he was a major movie star. So he saw him amongst other well-known celebrities. He became a bit intrigued. Uh, the church, the church preached uh, Thelemic magic. Jack and his wife began to dive in. Jack thought he could explain the magic through quantum physics. Remember, he's brilliant, right? We're almost there. <laughs> but mostly, he noticed a lot of fine trim at that church. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, that's any church, man. Yeah. Uh, they both got inducted into the religion and became full participants. The whole time Jack was working on top secret rockets for the government, he was on the cover like Popular Mechanics in 1940. Soon everybody was banging everybody in the church, even though he was this big scientist guy. Everybody just a banging everybody. Hey, I would go to that church. I would. Helen started fucking a guy named Talbot Smith. And Jack started fucking Helen's 17-year-old sister. That's right. Uh, that is until L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah, that dude. <laughs> that one. Started living at the church. Then Sister Sarah started banging Hubbard. Must have been the Thetans. Only Scientologists get that joke, I guess. <laughs> oh wait, are I those, heard I heard Doc laugh. <laughs> are those the past life particles or whatever? No, those are the things that were living in the volcanoes, and that atomic bombs set them off, and they came in here to take over you. Uh, okay, that, yeah. How could I forget? Yeah, that was all the people, the, the <laughs> all the evil. They they like uh, evil spirits or whatever living in the volcanoes, right? I don't know, such a fucked up. Anyway, so now you got Alistair Crowley, L. Ron Hubbard, living in the same house. As a rocket scientist. Banging everybody, right? And, and the rocket scientist, no, he's just like uh, one of the big members of the church, right? Okay. Him and his wife. But L. Ron Hubbard's living there, and it's like Alistair Crowley's house, right? Where all this shit takes place. That explains a lot about Hubbard, honestly. I never knew that. Yeah, he's a fuck dude. We'll have to do one on him. He's such a fucked up dude. It'd be like a three-parter. Well, I mean, it's like, oh, Aleister Crowley. Oh, yeah, whatever. We all know how fucked up he was. Elron Hubbard was more fucked up than Aleister Crowley. Or just more public. No. Less public. More fucked up. He owned... A ship with his little angels. Yeah, he told so me. So you trip around and have these thirteen, fourteen-year-old girls that just fucked him and loved him, and they would go around the ship and they ran the ship. If they pointed to somebody and said, "You're done," they throw them overboard. <coughs> All the good old days. Don't insult my little pony on that fucking ship, man. Oh, don't no, don't bring my little pony into it. <laughs> but friendship <laughs> is magic. So, yeah, uh, Sarah started banging Hubbard. Uh, Hubbard and Sarah took off and decided to start their own religion. Hello, Scientology. He saw how Alistair Crowley started his own religion. And 
at this time, L. Ron Hubbard was only a science fiction writer, a well-known yeah. science fiction writer. At least Crowley's was based on myth. And he was like, hey, dude, let's start our own religion just like this guy did. We could bang anybody we want. So that's what he did. He started. Sam. Sir? I just got an idea. Let's start a religion. You know, I am an ordained minister. We're halfway there. Oh, my God. I hate to shock you people out there, but I am an ordained minister. So (laughs) fuck all y'all, right? (laughs) Yeah, Jesus says fuck you. So uh, He parties hard. Jesus? Yeah. Fucking first thing he did, wine. Mm -hmm. Wine. What goes with wine? Weed. God damn it. And cheese. Oh, no. Wine and weed is the best high. A good fucking wine Mm. and some weed. It's a great high, right, Doug? Yeah, just don't bring Wisconsin into yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. It wasn't me with the cheese. That was Pierre. And but yes, cheese. My new connect is from Wisconsin. <laughs> you, you should meet her. You'd like her. Uh, I got a friend from Wisconsin. She's adorable. I, I guess that's just all women from Wisconsin are adorable. She is absolutely no. adorable okay all the ones i've met no doc doc had to spend time in wisconsin okay. why do you keep you having jaw problems you keep popping your jaw uh it's been doing that it started about a year ago it's been getting worse is I it think start, like cramping up and shit or uh not quite is it getting out of place and you have to like pop it's it like back? a tension yeah but see when you do it it, it pops yeah uh, i think it might be a, a wisdom tooth oh oh when my when my wisdom tooth came, well, only tooth, only had two. I'm not that bright. I have three, so I only had two, and they were all the fucking way in the back, and they grew backwards, like into my jaw, and I had to get them cut out, and it was doing what your jaw is doing. I would have to like open my mouth and and shift it side to side, and it would pop. No, no, mine's up and down. I'd have to open it wide and, and go Ugh. side to side, and that motherfucker would pop. See, mine were on the bottom, right here, going backwards. Yeah, they had to cut them out. Yeah, that's that's what it is, dude. And you're right about the age to where I had to get mine cut out. I have one coming in properly, though. Doc, you never had any wisdom teeth, right? Me? Yeah. No, the Navy took care of mine. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you had all four yeah alright so where was I at I'm sorry we got off on a tangent uh, Crowley Hubbard it's so weird that we got off on a tangent we hardly ever do that it's crazy I mean. alright we were here alright yeah so uh, they started their own religion and I actually wrote down hello Scientology and I was going to do, like, jazz hands. <laughs> I forgot to do my jazz. Hello, Scientology. There's my jazz hands. Uh, to summon a new lover for Jack, these magic rituals. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because Jack's lover's going with L. Ron Hubbard. So they're going to use the magic, you know, to summon him the, a new one, his a wife, new lover. His wife helping with that? <laughs> uh no, his his wife is now fucking Alistair Crowley. Ah, uh, okay. So, <laughs> so they're both happy. 
Except for Jack. Well, they're going to get him a new 14-year-old. Okay, that's... Wait, hang on. <laughs> well, they're trying. That's where we're this at. That's what they do. And you got to remember, back in this day, pretty much if you didn't marry by like 15 or so, you were goddamn old maid. Back back then, you married real young. Right. And like a 50-year-old a man could marry like a 13, 14-year-old girl. And it's It's okay. It's okay. You, you know what they call that? The good old days? A, a lot of the world still like that. No shit. That's kind of disgusting. About right? half. <laughs> you know, I made joke, and then, yeah, you brought it up, and I realized, yeah. Well, it's it's fun. Animal Kingdom, you know. Love at first blood. You know, hey, Doc, in Texas, up until recently, the age of consent there was like 14, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember. It's still 12 in Mexico. Yeah, but you got to be a hot 12, right? So, anyway, so they're trying to get, you know, a new, uh, fuck, you're making me laugh. I'm losing What did butt. you write? I, yeah, I wrote it bad. So. I'm <laughs> <laughs> he's struggling with his own writing right now is what's happening uh, okay so to summon him a new a, a new lover for Jack right they started these magic rituals where he would beat off into magic books right and after he had come into enough magic books he met Marjorie <laughs> the magic had worked <laughs> I hate to be the guy that goes after him Oh, the guy that's just, hey, this book's in the library. Ooh, what's this? <laughs> you know? I just need this one spell to save the world. And, oh, the pages are stuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That just made me laugh. Beating off into magic books. I forgot that part. So Hubbard, uh, L. Ron Hubbard and Sarah uh, talked him into financing a new company, even though... He's fucking his chick, right? But now he's got a new hot redhead, and uh, yes, Pierre, she's young. She's not 14. But she's a redhead. And I'm sure there's puffies. That makes up for it. I think... Freckles? I think she was 17. Okay. I I read, but I I don't remember. She wasn't... Like a lot of the girls, I, I left a lot of part out about the Aleister Crowley religion house there. Yeah. There was girls. Yeah. There was little girls, and I kind of left some of that out, right? Uh, He kind of set the standard for what high society does in secret now. Uh, Pretty much. Yeah. But it's religion to him, so it's okay. Yeah, so uh, what the fuck did you do? I hit my pop guard. Why did you do that? And it popped. Why did you do that? Because I'm stupid. Thank you. Move it back to your face. There you go. Every time we talk about underage girls, he gets excited like that, Doc. I don't know what we're going to do with him. So, uh, Hubbard and Sarah was talking uh, Parsons into financing a, a new company to sell yachts. Because Parsons, remember, this whole time, the premier rocket scientist in the world pretty much right <laughs> I mean 
dude working like NASA getting in touch with the guy. Well, NASA wasn't there yet, but uh, Air Force the shit that was yeah yeah uh, Air Corps. Air Force wasn't in there yet. It was still Army Air Corps. Oh, okay. And yeah, the the government's like, hey, dude, rockets. What can we do with this? And he's like, I want to go into space. They're like, no, we want them to shoot over there and kill people, right? And by space, you mean commies? There we go. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but of course, you know, just as everything else Hubbard had promised, you know, it was all bullshit. Parsons lost everything, everything he had in that deal. But at least he found the, you know, he founded the start of Scientology. With his money, they bought a yacht, right? And their thing was they were going to buy this yacht, sail it from California all through the canal up into New England and sell it for a big profit in New England. They're big yacht guys there, right? But instead, Sarah and L. Ron Hubbard just took off on the yacht and started Scientology. <laughs> they stole the yacht. <laughs> yep. So, well, no. Uh, it was in their name. Okay. It wasn't theft. It was part of this brilliant business deal, right? Well, I mean, it kind of did work out for them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, right about this time, the government started to frown on devil worship and magic. Uh, So, all of a sudden, everything was gone. He found work as a hospital orderly. That's right. The rocket scientist. Hospital orderly. The most brilliant American rocket scientist of his day. He's an orderly. You know, just like the fat boys in that movie. Disorderly. I don't know that one. There's a couple of people laughing. You all know who the fat boys are? Doc? A fat boy was a bomb. No. The fat boys were like a rap group. They were fat. They rapped. Okay. They had a movie out called Disorderlies. See, he was an orderly. Disorder, just like the... You know what? Fuck you, Pierre. He then worked as a mechanic. Uh, living in a tiny carriage house with Marjorie. He's still with Marjorie. Uh, his magically produced wife, right? Uh, he started making explosives for war movies. Making them all by hand because all of his government credentials by now had been revoked. You know, the magic and Satan and shit. Uh, you know, in the coming in books, they, <laughs> they kind of frown on that. You know, the summoning Satan, shit like, shit like that. Uh, it was just like uh, old times uh, when he made nitroglycerin in his kitchen. <laughs> on June 17th, 1952, uh, Jack dropped a can of fulminate of mercury. He was killed in the explosion. Surely a brilliant rocket scientist would never be so careless, right? But it was ruled an accident. None of his, none of his friends agreed. His friends, you know, hid all the hypodermic needles and satanic artwork. Yeah, that's right. 
He was a heroin junkie this whole time. And uh, sounds like he wanted to go out with a bang. Yeah, but uh, his friends went in. You know what? What good friends do. You yeah. know what? You might not be on this podcast. <gasps> Did I do it again? <laughs> you caught that thought? Oh, shit. Did I do yeah. it again? Go out with a bang. Yeah, so they hit all the hypodermic needles and all the artwork about Satan, you know, trying to save his reputation. Uh, all but, you know, to no avail. He was an occultist, rocket scientist guy junkie, who came in uh, uh, a bunch of books to summon his wife. In 1972, a crater on the dark side of the moon was named Parsons in his honor. To this day, he is still considered one of the most important people in the history of space exploration, even though he did not live to see it. Well, maybe. Who knows? He might have beat off on it and got into it. You know, you never know. He might have done the magic beat off and see it. <laughs> Fuck these NASA bastards. This was mine. This was supposed to be mine. <laughs> and that's the story of Jack Parsons, man. And that was him coming on a rocket. Uh, we would not have gone into space without him. We would not have. I uh, think uh, Elon Musk will be properly going into space in the next few years. Oh, yeah. He'll probably work out as good as that truck of his, huh? Or he'll try to. What? Probably work out as good as that truck of his, right? It comes out in two years? No, the one that he already displayed. Yeah. That's yeah. a huge failure. Not yet. He hasn't even... That was a display. <laughs> uh, they start production for 2022, I think. Right. I don't think it's going to be the same truck. Okay. It was, it was a huge failure. I mean, the, the unbreakable glass just shattered. The undentable... Undented... That undentable was thing do you, do you, just dented do you know the they funniest couldn't, part they couldn't about get that? it to run well the funniest part about the glass I don't know about the other they had been throwing those same fucking balls at those windows all fucking day hmm. and then when they go on stage <laughs> yeah just failure after failure uh his what I see being his biggest vehicle success will be the uh, the hauler, the 18-wheeler. Yeah, maybe in 20 or so years, we'll see, I guess. Mm. Just like his cars that nobody buys, I guess. Are you kidding? I see him around town all the time. Uh, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I live over, you know, a different neighborhood. <laughs> Probably a couple more in that one than this one. Well, yeah, I drive, you know, 143 miles a day on the interstate, and I drive through all kind of neighborhoods in Baton Rouge. I ain't seen a single one. I've seen at least five or six different ones here. <clears throat> Well, that's enough to keep the company going. <laughs> well, All right. So, let me, uh, if I can do this right, which I doubt. <laughs> I doubt I can do it right. Let's see. Oh, you have your story here, Pierre? Mm. Okay. Well, you know, you got a theme music one day. One day. What do you think, Doc? One day you'll have one? 
Yeah, maybe one day. <laughs> Alrighty, so that's it. That's episode, uh, what is this? Yeah, 15 of the History of Your High podcast. Wild turns on this one. Yeah, it's. You pulled out Alistair, and I was like, what? Oh, yeah, yeah. This dude is doing orgies with underage girls. I left a lot of this shit out, and they would. They would smear like all kind of fucking like pork and beans and nasty shit all over each other weird satanic shit him okay picture this him alistair crawley and l ron hubbard banging underage women on the floor covered in pork and beans right i makes me hungry right there is so much weird sexual shit that was going on there that was the 50s uh no by that time it was the fucking 40s Okay. Early 40s. Early. Okay. Different times, man. Right. And uh, by the time the government, I mean, the government just got tired of it. And by this time, it was like after World War II. So he was making a living, making explosives in war movies. Because there was tons of war movies coming out after the Second World War, right? And he was an orderly. He just, just like the fat boy. Slowly downgraded. And uh, <laughs> living, when they say carriage house, you know the little shed out behind a house? That's what they used to call a carriage house. He's living in a shed with his wife, who's probably now in her 20s. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, one day... He's got this fucking... He's making nitroglycerin, right? And he's got... Uh, it's the pre-mixture or whatever in his hand. And he just fucking drops the whole big canister of it on the ground. You don't do that. You don't do that. No, imagine if it was an accident. He's got that whole second and a half to go, oh... And I left it to the end that he was a junkie this whole time. Because. I think it was implied with the crowd he was hanging out right. with. Right. <laughs> if you know anything about them. When it when it got to that point, I thought, you know, him being a junkie, and it got to that low point, it was just time to do it in. I didn't think there was any reason to bring it in because everybody in that group was doing every fucking drug available. They were all eating speed like maniacs. And they were all uh, fucking taking pharmaceuticals that you could freely get by just going to the doctor and asking for it. And hallucinogens were just starting to come out. Uh, they they did shrooms. They did shrooms. Uh, they did LSD. Well, it wasn't LSD. They did... Uh, the precursor. Yeah. It, what was it? Was it mescaline or something, doctor? Doc, they made out of cactus. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, it was before LSD. And they were doing like clinical trials and shit on it and stuff. By the way, fun drug if you ever find some. I don't <laughs> think you can find that these days, huh, Doc? What? what? Mescaline. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's all over. You can find it, yeah. Uh, you can that's find what's in peyote. Cactus. 
No, no, it's not what's in pay either. Okay. Well, I do know that there are several uh, cactus that have trace amounts that you can buy legally. Yeah, peyote is a whole different thing. Okay. And no, mescaline you can't get legally. No, no, no. Not itself. You can buy cactuses that have trace amounts. Yeah, yeah. You have to, like, drain the, the liquid and process it. And stuff. Yeah. But uh, they were, like, flat waferish orange. And I forgot what they had on them. And they used to come in, uh, like the old Zotch used to come in single individual plastic wraps, you know? And uh, mescaline was fun. I enjoyed mescaline more than LSD. It was cleaner. I've never tried hallucinogen. Yeah, mescaline was nice, fun, and happy. LSD is nice, fun, and happy if you have it pre-planned. But if anything goes awry, that's when the shit happens, right, Doc? When something oh, yeah. when something goes a little bit awry, huh? Uh, the best the best is mushrooms. Mushrooms are just fun and easy, and you can control your dose. And a lot safer, apparently. Uh, yeah, yeah. But you can well if you get the right mushroom. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm colorblind. Yeah, I don't do this. Yeah, we've had this discussion. You can't go pick mushrooms. You're fucking colorblind. You won't be able to tell the difference between the brown and the purple. You know? So, yeah. Mushrooms are just a lot more fun, and you control it, especially if you make like a tea. This is the right? high part of history if you're high. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm on like fucking 35 pills right now. Oh, God. And they said you could take more if you want. And beer. Oh, and freely anytime i want <laughs> anytime just make sure you're not driving hey man. nappy nappy time's getting better oh <laughs> sleep is getting better oh you take an extra one to go to bed uh i take i double up on my uh sometimes triple up on my uh muscle relaxers because i've 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 taken those for years yeah it's and just I, flexural i know i can take like four or five of them and it's fine right yeah the just, shit will knock you out though yeah that's what it's for that's what it's for so you can fall asleep in pain mm -hmm. it doesn't ease the pain it just knocks you unconscious which i love don't get me wrong goes great with scotch <laughs> and so you know i take about two or three of those uh you know, uh, my monster gabapentins, yeah. Drop a couple of them in there. Uh, drop one of those, uh, you know, the... Uh, Kratom? No, no, no. I can't think of the name. Starts with a D. Those, like, super inflammatory. The uh, ones you don't like to take because it makes you feel funny. Uh, You know the one. Yeah, they make me feel all like my liver put in some work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll do that. And, uh, yeah, you take a whole bunch of that, you just shovel it in, have a couple of beers, go lay down in bed. Before you know it, it's the next day. I'll mess with the flex roll, though. It's a good, good nap right there. It, it's, it's, that's what it's made for. It does not ease your pain in any way, shape, or form. It just makes you go to sleep. My mom had one. You might know what it is. Uh it's one of the few you can have while you're pregnant. Muscle relaxer type thing? Yeah. Probably Parafon Forte. I don't know if it was that or different. It may have been a painkiller. Uh, pick up your phone. Parafon Forte. I think it started with a D. Oh. Zoxum. 
Doc. Uh, Doxapin. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, that knocked me out. There's another one with a D. Uh, I can't think of. Look at Parafon Forte and take a look at it. It might be it. They don't really just hand that shit out anymore. Uh, no, my mom, uh, when she was pregnant, she had to have her gallbladder taken out. The gall. The gall. Uh, oh, come on. That was funny. Fuck y'all. Uh, Fuck y'all. Hey, Doc, you still with us or are you abandoned? Yeah. No, I'm still here. Yeah. All right. So the music ran out a good while ago. So you found a Parafon Forte? Mm-hmm. Is that what it was? I don't think so. I used to get, hey, Doc, you'll yes. remember Parafon Forte's. You remember when we used to do the podcast in the kitchen and I had those two monster-sized jars? Yeah, yeah. And I said, here, try this. And you remember your head just fell down yeah. onto the table and you fell asleep? That's Parafon Forte. <laughs> <laughs> and you were standing yeah, you on more than one. take two of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. And... Yeah, that's what happens on that. And, of course, I have that Keith Moon mentality of... <laughs> he told me not You to. know, I'm Doc. I can take <laughs> both of them. And, oh, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. You took two of those and two of those. Ern, slow down on that cigar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They don't listen. Nobody listens to Sam. I do. What? No. Ish. I don't blame him because I'm high most of the time, right? <laughs> you know, you really can't blame him. Look at the dude. Would you listen to them? Also, they try to compare their tolerance to yours. and uh, Well, <laughs> uh, you're a veteran. When it comes drug-wise, <laughs> yeah, they've been having me on heavy drugs for over 20 years now. You know? Yeah. He I mean heavy. Oh, yeah. The, they, they just took them off all the opiates because they were like, you know, this is probably going to kill you soon. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, that was my call. I was like, no, I need something I'll be able to take the rest of my life. And then started the complete insanity <laughs> of having these. They told me it was going to happen. It's all balanced now, though. Uh, it's it's a lot better. I'm I'm still, I'm not as sharp. What was I saying? Are oh, yeah, doing a I'm not as sharp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're still <laughs> As I used to. See, we're doing, this is what we we did after the last podcast yeah we just but kept we're talking. recording it this time okay so let's end this <laughs> <laughs> i told you i wasn't as sharp as i used to be we got the history we uh, got the high by the way uh thanks everybody for listening uh our numbers have oh wait i gotta put my glasses on to see our numbers have gone up a little but you know still nobody listening that's okay but uh there's some people listening. This is for us, not for them. It's slowly going up. And I, I don't blame them because we really don't have this shit figured out yet. We're not really sure what we're going to do. We're kind of getting the idea of it now. <laughs> I still like the pirate episode. That one was great. Yeah, that, I like that. And you know what? I like the, uh, the the tuberculosis one. I like that one a lot. You know? Werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> Or was it vampires? It was vampires. Vampires. Yeah, yeah it was vampires. <laughs> TB or not to be? That's what I named it. Because I'm an idiot. I can't. I can't see. Oh, there it is. I see it now. Uh, people, I'm blind, and I have this big, huge fucking. Uh, well, it's twenty inches. It ain't really huge. 
monitor, but it's like six, so modest. It's like six feet away from me, right? It's like six feet away from me, and the whole screen is is this recording thing, and I can't find the arrow. But anyway, thanks That's for listening. So the screen doesn't get COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Don't jinx it. At you. Oh. At you. <laughs> You know, hey, Doc, we're going to have to have a talk about Pierre, right? Yeah. In private. All right, so uh, anyway, honestly, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week, and uh, hope you enjoy our stupidity. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Good night, folks. Say good night, guys. Good night. Good night, folks. (laughs) Hey, Wes.